1: Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode early Monday morning, there's three games to go in Double Gaming 37. Newcastle v Leicester this evening, which is a huge game for Leicester in the fight against relegation, looking forward to that one. Brighton v Man City Wednesday and Manchester United versus Chelsea to finish the game week on Thursday night. Then it is the final day of the season. The gaming 38 deadline is 3 o'clock on Sunday, with all 10 games kicking off at half past four. I'm heading to Portugal on Wednesday this week for a wedding at the weekend, so there won't be a Friday episode. But I will be back when the campaign is done for a season review slash lessons learned episode. So make sure you hit subscribe or follow to get a notification when that one is ready. Hopefully there's decent Wi-Fi signal at the wedding after party on Sunday so I can make a late transfer when there's team news and switch the captaincy if need be. Hopefully it's not a disaster like it was earlier in the season. On today's episode I'll take a quick look at how Game Week 37 is going. Pick a best 11 of 59th minute club members for the season. Highlight a few stats that caught my eye over the weekends. Update the watch list. Answer questions from Twitter. And take an early look at captaincy and potential moves for Game Week 38. Game week 37 so far, used a free transfer on Isak to Alvarez, so so far that's looking good, but Isak hasn't played his game yet, so hopefully there's no Isak punishment tonight. Alvarez on the score sheet had one ruled out as well, thought we were in dreamland with a brace, but not to be, but hopefully he gets significant minutes in the second game during the week and get some more points. Mid-week, mid-game week rank, 25k up to 17k, that doesn't mean too much with lots of games still to go, but hopefully we will finish the game week with a healthy green arrow. Chipping in with the points where David Raya, what a legend, doesn't need clean sheets to get points. That was a very welcome four pointer. Luke Shaw with the three bonus. And then there was assists from Salah, McAllister and Matoma, and Alvarez with the goal. So overall going well so far, but we know that can very quickly change in this cruel game that we play. The shout outs from the weekend, no new members to the club yet. Hopefully we'll get a few during the week. Akanji at Manchester City gets a notable mention. He was the only real significant defender who played and had a chance of getting clean sheet points for his owners. But Pep definitely plays FPL and he took him off after 56 minutes to miss out on those clean sheet points. Anthony Martial gets a notable mention as well. A few people punted on him for a double game week. The first game didn't go well. 56 minutes the same as Akanji. And CISO at Brighton was hooked at half-time as was Calvert-Lewin again at Everton. So overall, just a few shout-outs this week. Nothing major to talk about. Had a question from Phil a couple of weeks ago. He was asking me, what is the best FPL team you can put together with members from the club from this season? So that's what I've done. I've put together a 3-5-2 formation. There's no goalkeeper because... Obviously, no goalkeepers have got the dreaded substitution. I don't think that's ever happened. That would be pretty nice if it happens at some point in the future. The three defenders, Rhys James, Zinchenko and Ben White. Midfield five of Phil Foden, Eze, Gakpo, Jaden Sancho and Martinelli. And up front, Gabriel Jesus. And I've put in Cunha from Wolves because he's got the two shutouts and he was very close to getting a third one. So, you know, on paper, that's a pretty good team. Um, and all those guys have been sitting in that club for most of the season. So thanks for the question, Phil. It was fun to have a look at those players and put a team together. <music> a few stats now that caught my eye from the weekend's action from having a look in the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders, first of all, nothing major jumped out this week but Trents and Is and Both created two chances, so hopefully there's more to come from both players before the end of the season. Midfielder stats, McAllister at Brighton created seven chances. Very healthy numbers there. Hopefully, again, he does well in the second game and in Game 38. Kulisewski, who's had a very disappointing season, but he did look very good against Brentford despite Tottenham losing that game. Five chances created for the Swedes and maybe one to keep an eye on next season if he's still at Tottenham. And then there was also good chance creation numbers from Bruno Fernandes, Matoma and Kyungmin Son. All three of those players created four chances each. Matoma and Son also had good shot numbers. They had three shots in the box. Pascal Gross had four goal attempts, three of which were from inside the box, and of course he was on the score sheet. And Jacob Ramsey, what a great season he's having. What a talented player. Excited to see where his career goes because I think he can go pretty far in the game. He was on the score sheet, and he registered two big chances in that game for Aston Villa. In terms of forwards, in the absence of Ivan Toney, Brian Mbumo stepped up with two goals and an assist for a 16-pointer. He had six shots in the box in that game. So possibly one, I was going to say one for gaming 38, but he plays Manchester City, so maybe not the best time to go there. But again, one to earmark for next season. He's very quietly now, I think it's nine goals, eight assists for the season for Mbumo. And he's been overlooked all year because Tony's been the main man there. At Brighton, Ferguson had five shots in the box two goals so good numbers there as well and mitrovic back with a bang back in the starting 11 three big chances and on the score sheet twice so possible differential for the final day of the season but again fixture i think is against manchester united so all these differentials don't have fantastic fixtures on the final day but as we know from previous seasons anything can happen on the final day that's where you're probably most likely to get your 4 4s and your 5 5s at any point in the season. Was it West Brom? Manchester United springs to mind. Was it Alex Ferguson's last game? I think Lukaku did a lot of damage for West Brom that day. Possibly a hat trick in a 5 5 draw. So hopefully it is an exciting goal fest on Sunday. A quick watch list update now for the final time this season. Players removed. First of all, these guys have been on the watches for a couple of weeks, but they definitely won't be coming into my team for the final day. Ederson. Ederson. I say definitely not, but I guess if there was a Manchester City team league, I fancied switching from Raya to Ederson, who both play each other, then possibly, but I'm not going to, I really don't see myself making a goalkeeper transfer on the final day. Much more exciting to get an attacker instead. Pedro Porro was benched for Tottenham. He's gone from the watch list. They don't keep clean sheets anyway. Raheem Sterling was only really on the watch list because of Chelsea's double game week. He did look okay in that first game, so those of you who did punt on him, you might get something from him in the second game, but I won't be buying him for gimmick 38 Olise at Crystal Palace is also gone because I do prefer Eze if I go for a Palace attacker and finally Gabriel Jesus just don't see myself going there on the final day either more likely to get an Arsenal midfielder rather than Jesus couple of players added, Rodrigo from Leeds, he was on the score sheet, they're probably going to have something to play for on the final day, looks like Bamford picked up an injury, so Rodrigo's probably going to start, I think he started the last three games, he's probably going to start the final day, again, differential if you're looking for one, Metrovich, who I mentioned, also added to the watch list, but unlikely to buy him because he's playing against my team and I don't fancy doing that with my last transfer of the season, and then there's players like Firmino on the score sheet, going to be his last game for Liverpool, if we get a team sheet and Firmino's in it, I think that's absolutely fine as a punt. But again, it could, could be one of those where Firmino starts and then he gets you know, 15, 20 minutes, comes off maybe to match his shirt number or something like that. I think we've seen that with David Silva and other players in, in previous gaming Week 38. So you've got to be careful with those players who are making their final appearance for teams. So maybe last week was the week to get Firmino. Might not be this week. But keep an eye on those team sheets and look out for opportunities like that if you're looking to make up some ground on the final day.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is All The Vacations. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Time to answer some questions now. The first one's from FPL says, Should I cancel all my Sunday plans at 5 to 3 in preparation for the leaks? And has this made the season worse? So yes, I think if you can be online on Sunday, I wouldn't say five minutes before the deadline, I'd be on there from about one hour before because because all the games are at the same time, there's more chance we might get some stuff earlier than usual. You know, something might slip through about a player, you know, not traveling or something like that, or someone who's ill you might post something on Instagram. I think we had a Josh King thing at Bournemouth a couple of years ago where basically we knew in the morning that he was either going to play or he wasn't gonna play. I can't even remember. So yeah, final day is a day to be online for information if you can be, more so than other game weeks. Of course, if you're busy, like I'm sure a lot of you will be, or if, if it doesn't suit your time zone, if you're sleeping, you just make your moves and you hope for the best and you don't stress over it too much. But yes, I will be trying to keep an eye on things. As I say, I'm going to be at a wedding after party, so I'm going to have to maybe say I've got a headache and you know maybe need a walk on the beach or something and just head away and just try and make a transfer and make sure the captaincy is on the right player. So, yeah, I mean, be careful as well because there will be people out there on Sunday trying to pick up a few new followers, trying to cause a bit of chaos, you know, pretending to be other accounts with Team News. People will be imitating, you know, Team News and Ticks, FPL Rockstar. So be very, very careful. Check your sources. Maybe, you know, take note of the current reliable Twitter accounts, Note down what exactly their Twitter handle is. Because you'll get other accounts that will just add in an extra letter or an underscore or an exclamation mark or something like that. So be very very careful, and you know it's very easy for you know, big FPL Twitter accounts to get caught out and just retweet something, and everyone just takes it as gospel. So be very very careful. Um, but certainly there probably will be some legitimate team news beforehand. You know we very often get a Liverpool team. You know Man City is often available. So yeah, be prepared and maybe have a couple of transfers in mind. You know, For example, what do I do if this player gets benched? What do I do if this player starts? What if my captain gets benched? Who's going to be you know my backup captain? So have everything kind of prepared as best you can. But it could be chaos. It could be absolute chaos. And and as we know, FPL website doesn't always hold up. It could crash 5, 10, 15 minutes before the deadline. So as soon as you've got information, use it. Get your moves done. Lock your team in. Double check it. Triple check it. And then... Hopefully relax and have a good final day. Second part of the question, has this made the season worse? Yeah, absolutely. I don't like waiting for team news. I'm sure a lot of you don't like it either. I like to make my moves. You know, if it's a Saturday deadline at 11 o'clock, for example, or even this week with a Sunday deadline midday on Sunday, I like making my moves the night before, not having to think about it the next day. If I sleep in, I don't need to panic. You know, the moves are made, the captain's picked. But again, I'm going to actually spend today writing a piece for... Uh, fantasy football scout about you know possible changes to the game next season Um so i will cover that in that piece so keep an eye out for that one but i don't think in terms of the deadline you're never going to get a, a solution that everyone likes or that suits everyone you know we had it an hour before it didn't really work we've now got it 90 minutes before we're still getting leaks although it's not as bad you know there's a lot of talk about moving the deadline to the first kickoff, you know, maybe five minutes before the first kickoff. Even I think that's probably the best solution. You are still going to have, um, you know, probably going to have people who won't be able to just wake up in time zones and stuff like that. But I think it'll be better if you if you knew that the you know the deadline was five minutes before before the first kickoff. You knew the first set of team sheets was going to be there. You could just set your alarm for fifteen minutes before the deadline. Wake up for two minutes, check the team news, check your team, make the change and go back to sleep. Whereas now you're probably waking up and maybe, you know, spending 30 minutes or an hour awake waiting for team news and then reacting with your FPL team. So very interesting to see if they do change it. But I think most likely they will probably just going to leave it at 90 minutes beforehand. So, yeah. Keep an eye out for that piece later today or possibly tomorrow. Question from Jason. Is Salah the prime captaincy choice for Gameweek 38? Salah plays Southampton away. And like I mentioned, we usually do get the Liverpool team news. So if it does come through, if there is confirmation that Mohamed Salah starts, because I don't think it's an absolute shoe in that he does start. Now that Liverpool lost uh or sorry, Liverpool drew to Aston Villa, they don't have as much to play for as they did, you know, this time last week. You never know, Salah might get a bench in and, and a youngster could get a start. So the good thing is we probably will find out if he's starting or not. And if he is starting, he's definitely up there as one of the best captaincy candidates against Southampton. The thing is, though, Kane's got a good fixture. You know, Haaland plays Brentford. If we find out he starts, even players like Rashford is home to Fulham. Arsenal have a good fixture. So there's a lot of scope this week, I think, for being different with your captain, especially if you're looking to make up ground or you want to make up some some rank. Uh, but certainly Salah's is right up there for me as one of the prime candidates. Question from Puma to Hoya. What about a Haaland to Kane transfer? So Kane's probably got a better fixture. He plays Leeds away. Haaland is away to Brentford's. Again, almost every question this week. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot. Team news, if we get it, that's going to dictate it. So for example... If we find out that Erling Haaland does not start in game week 38, then it's a very easy transfer to Harry Kane and maybe even Captain Harry Kane. That is certainly what I'll be doing if I find out that Haaland is not playing for the final game. So, yeah, we've got to basically sit on our hands this week. There's no point even you know doing too much research. It's probably a week where you don't need to consume too much FPL content because everything will get blown out of the water on, on Sunday anyway. So that's why i'm going to i'm going to do my piece this week on 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 next season rather than you know giving me 38 tips because it's it's just impossible to tip you know which players to buy which punts to buy because we need to see what happens on sunday question from fpl brooklyn should we bench or swap out our brighton midfielders brighton on paper difficult fixture away to aston villa they've they've wrapped up um you know europa league qualification now as well so there's even more scope for Zerbi to rotate his team, who are a tired team, played a lot of games with all the double game weeks and stuff. So I think it's fine if you, especially if you've got two Brighton midfielders, you could sell one of them for you know a punt on the final day, especially when the fixture on paper is Aston Villa, who are you know a pretty good side at the moment. So yeah, I think it's fine to bench Brighton midfielders in 38. It's fine to sell one of them, but again, I think in my team I've got McAllister, I've got Matoma. I'll probably end up making my transfer somewhere else in the team if something crops up. So I think I will start them and just hope for the best. I mean, they are good players. They are a good team. I just really need kind of Deserby not to not to frustrate too much with rotation in game week 38. But yeah, I think it is find a find a bench or find a sell. Uh, on current information. Question from Sebastian, is it worth transferring in a goalkeeper for the final game week? And if yes, which one currently on David Raya? So I'm in the same scenario here. You know, When I look at my team for Game Week 38, David Raya might be the weak link because of fixture, because it's Manchester City. But this guy is incredible for saves. He's been one of the best FPL goalkeepers all season. So I'm probably just going to leave him and hope that he does rack up another you know, five, six saves like he did in the most recent game week against Tottenham. You know, could easily get five or six saves against the champions and hopefully maybe nick a bonus point as well. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep David Ryan. Maybe if this was you know game week 33, game week 34, I might look to sell David Ryan, and get a goalkeeper with three or four good fixtures. But when it's only one game week, I don't really think it's worth it. Um, I would much rather go for a more upside differential pick in midfield or attack. Even a defender, you know, if you've got a weak, position in your defence, I'd probably rather make a defensive transfer, try spike a goal or an assist from a, from an attacking defender rather than making a goalkeeper transfer. The other issue with making a goalkeeper transfer is there's rotation concerns with a lot of the top teams now. Ederson, question mark. Ramsdale, Arsenal can't win the league. Could he get a rest? Could one of the young guys get a game? Alisson, likewise. Could we see Kelleher get a game? That could easily happen. So yeah, my conclusion is you stick with David Raya. And you make your transfer in a more exciting position in your team. If you really want to sell David Raya, it's probably Pickford at home to Bournemouth. Everton, something to play for, good fixture, good chance of a clean sheet. So yeah, it's, it's probably Raya to Pickford or just stick with the Brentford man. Question from Adam from the excellent Above Average FPL podcast. Adam asks, who is the best Everton defender for Game Week 38? So, I mentioned Pickford. I like him as a pick for the final day. If you're looking for a defender, Yerry Mina was on the score sheet in the most recent Game Week, but I like James Tarkowski. Every time I watch Everton, every time they take a corner, it seems to land on Tarkowski's head. Now, a lot of the corners were aimed towards Mina in the most recent Game Week, but on a bigger sample size... I think Tarkowski is an absolute monster in the box. So you could even go go crazy with a double up, get the McNeil-Tarkowski double up and hope you get a goal and an assist or a few of them against Bournemouth. So yeah, if you're looking for a defender on the final day, Tarkowski's only about 4.1. So maybe if you've got two free transfers and you're trying to make an upgrade somewhere in attack, Tarkowski could be a nice enabler for that one. Question from FPL Allegiance. What about last game week, punty transfers to catch mini league rivals? Again, team news will bring opportunity. There will be players in teams that don't usually start that you've got to think managers who are not online, close to the deadline, won't be able to take a punt on. So those are the punts I like most. Players that very few other people are going to have. Maybe your mini-league rivals are busy on Sunday. They don't see, for example, if a Garnacho starts for Manchester United, you can take a punt there. Elsewhere, Arsenal attackers against Wolves, I think, are good options if we get the Liverpool team news, you've got Diaz, Jota, Firmino, all good punts as well. Hungman's son or Kulusevski if they're starting for Tottenham. Leicester likely to you know be playing for something on the final day against West Ham, who've got you know one eye on Europe. So Madison, Harvey Barnes, Jimmy Vardy. I mean there's lots of options. Dwight McNeil at home to Bournemouth. And as always, Manchester City attacker is probably the best punt, but you're probably relying on a team sheet for that one. Uh, but certainly, if we do get the Manchester City team sheet, I think I'd probably go there if you're looking for a punt. Question from Matthew McLister: What's the best tactic to make up 20 plus points in the final game week? I think the key here is, you know, make sure your captain is going to be different to the league leader. I know that might be hard to do this week because a lot of the captains have good fixtures, but you know, maybe captain a player. In your team that your rival doesn't have, you know, double down on that player. That could be the twenty plus points made up just from one pick. Elsewhere, obviously, with your transfers, don't buy a player that your rival has or you think might buy. So you've got to just kind of think outside the box. You've got to go for it. Just gamble. Maybe even, maybe even a minus four. You know, if 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 you want to just change, if your team is very similar at the moment, you might want to take a couple of hits just to go for it. If you're not worried about overall rank, you may as well try it. And I always mention it. My favourite ever FPL moment was Game Week 38 years and years ago. Theo Walcott playing for Arsenal. My mini-league rival was 31 points ahead of me. I knew he was going to captain Alexis Sanchez for Arsenal. I bought Walcott, started him. Walcott gets a hat-trick and Alexis Sanchez gets absolutely nothing. And you win the mini-league on your final day. So uh, I'm sure Paul doesn't listen to this anymore because I've mentioned that so many times that it's probably he probably listens to a different FPL podcast at this stage and I don't blame him. Um, but yeah... Don't give up hope on the final day. Anything is possible, especially when it's a game week where there tends to be a lot of goals and a lot of unpredictable things happening. Question from Chris Griffiths. What FPL decision do you regret the most this season? Like these kind of questions coming in at this stage of the campaign, I don't really think... I never really have too many regrets in FPL because I always think... When I make a decision at the time, it's well informed, it's well researched, you know, it's it's got a lot of strong beliefs behind it. So I think a lot of regrets in FPL, they're only really regrets with hindsight. So I don't tend to kind of dwell on decisions. But kind of looking back, had a quick look back over the course of the season. I mean, I'll go into a lot more detail on this on the you know season review podcast in a couple of weeks' time, but Mason Mountain Game Week One. Again, hindsight wasn't the best pick. I think he blanked the first four or five games. Also sticking with Robertson and Trent for too long at the start. I think I had them for the first eight game weeks. They got me one clean sheet between them. So I kind of set myself up to fail this season with Mason Mount and double Liverpool defence at the start. Selling Odegaard gave me 29 as well. But again, at the time, it felt like the right thing to do. But obviously he absolutely smashed it between then and now. Not having more faith in Andreas Pereira. It's probably a regret of mine. I had him most of the season, but I very rarely used him. And he was on the bench for most weeks. I, mean, you know, I probably had him in my team once or twice, got him off the bench maybe once. But 14 attacking and returns. And I think it was, you know, the price tag puts you off a player like that. 4.5 million, you think 4.5 should be on my bench. But you know, when you look at his returns and the way he was playing this season, he was a bit of a talisman for, for Fulham, you know, along with Mitrovic. So you know, not having enough faith in him is probably a slight regret. And then the most recent one which I'm sure a lot of people have. But again, I think it's only a regret with hindsight. Isak over Wilson because those points would have been very, very handy. And I'd probably be in the top 10k right now if I had Wilson over Isak. But again, at the time, I always rely on minutes. Maybe I rely on minutes too much. But Isak over Wilson for me, I wasn't really even close to getting Wilson. I can't even sit here and say it was a 50-50 call. Because I was always going to go Isak because I kind of eyed him up a couple of weeks before that. But maybe I wasn't quick enough to adjust to the, you know, the current form of Callum Wilson. And every time he does that little salute, it it's like a it's like a dagger to my heart. Every time he scores, it's painful enough. But then the little salute. So I'm ready for more of that tonight. Maybe maybe I go for a very long walk during Newcastle Leicester tonight with no players in action because I've got Trippier on the bench as well. So you can guarantee Trippier assist for a Wilson goal tonight. Final question is from Dazzler FPL. How best do we assess the season that's just passed? What can we take from it into next season and improve? Again, we'll cover that in a lot more detail in the next episode. I'm not exactly sure when that episode will be. It'll be probably maybe two weeks time or something like that. Um, But again, there's a lot of when the season finishes you'll see especially on twitter a couple of websites will be floating around that you can kind of review your whole season uh, you know take screenshots and stuff like that it'll kind of give you loads of information about you know how your captaincy performed over the season and all that kind of stuff i think livefpl.net that you can definitely do some stuff there i think um, fpl optimized there's a few others um, and i'll share those on twitter when i see them getting you know posted over the next couple of days and couple of weeks as well but yeah certainly i think it is important i don't think you should just you know, finish the season and never look at your FPL team again until next season, you should certainly go through it with a you know, fine-tooth comb, even spend, you know, an hour at some point, go back through it, see if there's anything that pops out to you think, to think, right, I did that, might not do that next season. But, you know, focus on what did work as well and, you know, bring that into the next campaign. But certainly do spend a bit of time with your team because you can certainly, it can kind of inform what your strategy is going to be next season. And Every season that passes... You know, we're getting more refined as FPL managers. We're kind of figuring out exactly what kind of manager we, we are. Do we like the eye test? Do we like the numbers? You know, some managers will think, right, I'm going to go even heavier on the numbers next season uh, and kind of take a step back from watching games and stuff like that. So, yeah, make sure you do spend some time with it. it doesn't have to be straight away. You might want a break, but I guarantee you after a week or two, you'll be you'll be already itching for FPL and maybe a bit of a review before, the, before this website goes down as well. And do take a few screenshots before before the FPL website goes down. Uh, but again, some of those other websites will, will do all that for you. Moving on now to captaincy and some transfer thoughts. So, captaincy, like I said, it's pretty wide open and it all depends on team news. Haaland against Brentford. Salah versus Southampton. Keynes at Leeds. Arsenal are at home to Wolves. And Rashford's at home to Fulham. I think those are probably the top five places to go. If Haaland starts most likely will be my captain. If Haaland doesn't start, I'll probably sell him for Harry Kane. And then it's a question, do you captain Kane or do you captain Salah? If we get news that Salah does start, I think I'll probably go there against Southampton. Hopefully a team full of kids playing for Southampton against the king of FPL. I'm not ready to say Haaland is the king of FPL yet. He's he's done it one season. Come back to me when you've done it for four or five like Salah has done. So yeah, Haaland, Kane, Salah, probably the top three choices for me. Transfer thoughts, one free transfer. Early t- team news will determine what I do. Most likely we'll buy a third Liverpool or a third Manchester City pick if we get their team sheets. Haaland to Kane, like I mentioned, if we find out Haaland's on the bench. The, the move I've kind of been eyeing up for a while, I mentioned this a few times. I'm 0.1 million short for Bruno Fernandes to Heung-Min son. Uh, you know, had a little boy a few months ago. We call him Sonny. So I've been tempted to buy Sonny ever since. Uh, and he looked decent against Brentford. You know, a couple of blocked shots, a couple of shots saved, good chance creation numbers, good shots in the box numbers. So maybe Sonny's just brewing for a big game week 38. Now, I'm 0.1 million short, but Bruno Fernandes is very close to rising in price. So if Bruno Fernandes does rise in price, maybe I just take it as a sign that it's fate and that's what I need to do. I don't think I go as far as captain and son but having them as a differential for the final day you know if I'm you know five six seven K behind the top 10k I kind of like kind of like that you know don't have much to lose if I don't get top 10k I'm not bothered and it would be a nice way to finish the season. In Portugal if Sonny does the business on the final day against Leeds so keep a. I'll be keeping a close eye I never look at price change websites but I'll be keeping a close eye on Bruno Fernandes this week hopefully he does rise so at least then I've got the option to do it if I want to thanks for listening folks I hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator and get extra content you can do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL general or you can simply buy me a coffee. At buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. There's a link to both of those on my Twitter. Best of luck for Gaming38, folks, and I'll talk to you again soon for the season review lessons learned episode. Thank you for your listenership this season. I hope it's helped you on your way to winning those mini leagues this Sunday. Talk to you soon. Podcast Network.